Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel and Hookset. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. We are continuing in our series, Learn to Discern. Learn to Discern. We're going to read a bunch of scriptures now. We're in the, in the, in the pastoral epistles. These are letters that Paul wrote to these two young men who were like his protégés. He left Timothy in Ephesus so Timothy could continue to clean up the church at Ephesus where Paul had begun. He sent Titus to the Isle of Crete so that he could do the same thing. And so he's writing these letters to these young pastors and he's encouraging them and he's instructing them and he's challenging them. He's exhorting them, right? He's, he, he, these are like his sons in the Lord. And so here we see 1 Timothy chapter 4 through 7. Nor, he says, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. And we go on now, I mean, do this in verse 5. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, a good conscience and sincere faith from which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle, useless talk. Lord, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to read through these passages and then we'll expound. Desiring to be teachers of the law, these false teachers desire to be teachers of the law, but they don't understand what they're saying, nor the things that they're affirming. They just want to be the teacher. Now we go to verse 4, 1 through 3. Now the Spirit says, expressly, says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Are we in the latter times today? I think we've been in the latter times since the day of Paul. These, These people speaking lies and hypocrisy having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created and received to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So these false teachers are doing some things. They are teaching things that are in opposition to the Word of God. Look at our, look at our, look at our world today and look at the, look at the institution of marriage. Usually we talk about divorce. How about the rate of marriage versus the rate of living together, cohabitation? Folks, marriage is of the Lord. I remember when I got engaged to Tricia, let's see, 33, like 35 years ago, we had a long engagement. The guys that I worked with thought I was crazy. They thought I was crazy. Marriage to them was, oh, you get married when you're done having fun, right? That's when you get married. You get married when you're done having a good time because once you're married, you're done having a good time. That's so unbiblical and ungodly. 
It's so foolish. Marriage is a gift from God to us. Oh, I, I love being married. I love being a dad. All that family stuff. I even love being a dog dad. But reject profane, he's teaching Timothy, reject, reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, a little, it does profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. So what happens to those who are true teachers, for those who are following God, for those who are opening His Word? What will happen to you if you decide to stand on the Word of the living God? You will suffer reproach. Church, don't be surprised when people call you a fool, when they think you're an idiot, when they make fun of you, when they scoff at you because you claim the Bible is absolute truth in every matter upon which it speaks. Folks, we will be reproached. And so he says to Timothy, these things command and teach. This is what he's telling Timothy. Teach these things. Help the church to understand what a false teacher and a false prophet looks like, Timothy. Moving on to chapter 6, verse 3. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, if anyone is teaching otherwise, you're at the church of Ephesus, Timothy. You're at the church of Ephesus to continue to clean up the mess that I started to clean up before I left. And listen, if there are people in that church who are trying to claim authority in that church, trying to claim to be teachers in the church, and they proclaim other things, listen, if anyone teaches otherwise and doesn't consent to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords to godliness, he's proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, and evil, evil suspicions, um, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain from such withdraw yourself. There were people in the church, even at the church of Ephesus, who had risen up from among them wolves in sheep's clothing, attempting to teach in the church without the authority of the church and certainly without the authority of the word of God because they were twisting it. And Timothy is being warned about these men. In fact, when Paul was passing through Ephesus, uh, passing through Macedonia, and he stopped at Miletus, he, he, he had the elders of the churches gathered around him, and he warned them. He warned those teachers, hey, there are going to come from among you those who are false teachers. Beware. Folks, he warned the church, and he's warning our churches today. We had a false teacher at Emmanuel one day. One of the ways you'll know he's a false teacher is he has no authority in the church to teach. People that walk around the church and try to gather a little, a little gathering to them, try to influence people, but they have no authority. They're not representing the church, but they come within the church and they try to subvert the church. We'll talk about that in a moment. 
And I called him out as a wolf publicly. And I lost some people in the church because of that. Well, so be it. Follow the wolf. We'll go on. Verse 20 now, chapter 6. Oh, Timothy. Oh, Timothy. Guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. New King James, the King James says, uh, science falsely so called. By professing it, some have strayed. There it is again, concerning the faith. Grace be with you. Amen. Now we go on to the second letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord to not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin, hear that word now, to the ruin of the hearer. False teachers have as their aim the ruin of those who hear. They enjoy arguing about things. They enjoy picking things apart. Uh, they enjoy casting doubt upon that which is firmly established in the doctrine of Christianity, these false teachers. He says again, now be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like a cancer. I needed to call out that wolf that day because the more ears he got to his false teaching, the worse it would get in the church. Like a cancer. And he goes on, he said, Hominius and Philetus were are of this sort. Now, did Paul, did he just call out somebody by name? Because, I mean, that's rude, right? I mean, how dare you? Eric, how dare you have called out that false teacher in your church? Well, I dare because I'm cut from the same cloth as the Apostle Paul. I'm called to the ministry of pastoring and protecting a church. Provide, protect, respect is not just for a husband and a father. It is for a pastor of a church. And we are called to protect our churches from false doctrine and false teachers even when they rise up from within the church. That's our calling. He goes on, who have strayed concerning the truth. There's that word strayed again, saying that the resurrection, here's their false teaching, the resurrection's already passed, and they overthrow the faith of some. So you have these false teachers come in and say that the resurrection's already passed, we're, we're just basically going to die. <clears throat> Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God Stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. The Lord knows those who are his. For there are many insubordinate. What does that mean, do you think? We'll look at that in a moment. Idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. What he's saying is that there were these people who were called Judaizers and they were coming into the Christian churches and they were rejecting the doctrine of grace and they were saying in order to follow God, you have to keep these commandments, you have to keep this symbol of circumcision and they were trying to force grown men to be circumcised and boys and children and they were dead wrong. 
For salvation is by grace through faith that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I can't think of a more difficult work than circumcision as an adult. Those that, those that cry out that you must be baptized in order to be saved. Listen, baptism is a work. It does not save. It has no saving power. It is symbolic of the salvation that you have already received in Christ Jesus. These people, listen, their mouths must be stopped. Their mouths must be stopped to subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, we're in Titus now, said Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke these false teachers sharply that they may be sound in the faith. That they may be sound in the faith. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. <clears throat> well, we're talking about a couple of words here as we round this out. And one of the words I want to talk about this morning is the word subversion. The word subversion. <clears throat> Excuse me. Somehow my notes got messed up, so let me find them. Oh, Lord. I love technology when it works. But when it doesn't work, I'm grateful for the fruit of the spirit of self-control. <laughs> ah, here we are. So you won't have a slide, but the slide only says subvert anyway. <clears throat> Lord, what has happened to my notes? Well, here we go. Lord, oh Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. You know you get a concert today? For when your eyes are on this child your grace abounds to me so we looked over our creeds ah here we are thank you lord how to learn to discern how to listen is what the next slide should say how to listen how to hear learn to discern so <clears throat> The word subversion is in this, the idea of subversion, they subvert whole houses, was in the passages of Scripture that we just read. Uh, a few words stand out. Overthrow, they overthrow the faith of some. Subvert whole houses, subversion. Strayed, ruin, and insubordinate. 
So we're talking about how to hear, how to listen, how to discern false teachings and false prophets. This is what we're going to look at here in the brief time that we have left. These people, their aim is to corrupt, to cause Christians to stray or to swerve. Uh, They are aiming to corrupt your faith. In other words, break your faith down, lead it into a false direction. This is what we see today in the world and in certain churches. They want you to accept a corrupted version of the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And so who does this subversion? Learning to discern who does the subversion. Well, we went through these scriptures and the reason I went through them all, and I hope you highlighted little things as we went through, is it shows us certain things that can give us an awareness, a framework to lay over all the teachers in our lives. And the first one is a deceiving spirits with doctrines of devils. Church, there is a spiritual conflict in our world today. There is a spiritual conflict in the church today. There are demons and there are angels and they are at war even among us right now. And when the preaching is going on, do not be surprised when you hear words in your head and they may even sound like your own thoughts, but they contradict what the Word of God clearly states. Demons whisper. Sometimes they scream. Sometimes they whisper to other people and they whisper to you. We did a series not too long ago. Well, um, as I get older, I realize not too long ago, probably to some of you was a long time ago, but probably a couple years ago called Satan's Strategies. And one of the greatest strategies of these demons is to whisper. And sometimes what they say sounds good, but it's not. Spiritual influencers. How does that sound? We're in a world of influencers. Instagram, TikTok. Well, Facebook seems like it's not really influencing much, but uh, those two are big. Twitter, X, not really a thing up here, I don't think. But you have social media and you have influencers. Well, some of those influencers, friends, are being influenced by evil spirits. They're being influenced by evil spirits. They whisper in the minds of others and confuse and confound to distract and destroy. Did you know Satan himself tried to subvert Jesus Christ? He tried to overthrow the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God in the wilderness. And one of his one of this things that he said to Jesus, we all look, oh, command the stones to be made bread, jump off the pinnacle of this tower and and, or, or, or uh, bow down before me and worship me and I'll give you all these things. But one of the things I think that is so most, uh, most peculiar, most telling, and probably the most powerful thing that he did to try to subvert Jesus was he questioned his deity. He questioned his relationship with the Father. If you're the Son of God, do this. If you're the Son of God, do this. If he casts, so here it is, he casts doubt we live in a world today where young Christians are, or, or people that are raised in the church who think they are Christians, 
begin to listen to the subversion of the devil. And the devil's, one of his favorite devices is to cast doubt. To cast doubt. If you're the son of God, do this, do that. Disobey or dishonor your father. He casts doubt and he tries to lead you into a path that is ungodly. Ungodly. This is what we need to be aware of. We need to be aware of those that subvert. And one of them is, is evil spirits. Another, another class of those that will try to subvert Christians is seemingly intellectuals. Now, are there intellectual Christians in the world today? Are there Christians who are geniuses? You think there are? Please, guys. I mean, you're looking at one. No, I'm just kidding. Dame, Dame I think his, your IQ is probably genius level. He's like, uh, yeah, right? Uh, we had another couple of people in our church that, that uh, were genius level, Mensa level. We have had doctors in our church, people with master's degrees, incredibly intelligent people, and they believe that the Bible is the living word of God and it is absolute truth. Are they fools? Absolutely not. In the world, do they have the education that the world respects? Absolutely. But the education hasn't subverted them. However, the world, and I've said this many times, will try to make you feel the fool. Intellectuals have developed the theory of evolution. The theory of evolution aims at the word of God. The Genesis account of creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created male and female in his own likeness. Folks, you can, you can think I'm a fool for not believing in evolution, but I know what the Bible says. And the Bible says God created man in his own image. And God, listen now, God did not need to evolve. We are created in the image of God with a soul, a spirit, and the flesh. With the ability to reason and the ability to think and the, the ability to decide. This is human life. But science, falsely so-called intellectuals, they try to convince us that there is no objective truth today. Postmodernism. There is no obje objective truth. It's all subjective and you've heard me ridicule that, and I will ridicule it some more. Just like Elijah did the false prophets. Folks, it's foolishness. It's foolishness to believe that there is your truth and my truth. And I'm just going to live out my truth. Well, if my truth is different than your truth, do we both have the truth? Is it possible to hold contradicting truths? How is that possible? Well, there's no absolutes. Well, the statement there's no absolutes is an absolute statement. That's postmodernism in a nutshell, and, and it, it essentially rejects these types of objective truths, that there's an objective truth of right and wrong and a moral creator. You know, uh, intellectuals, they have their experts that we are told to believe. You've got to believe this expert in this field. All of the experts agree, but you have a few others that don't. But they don't matter because we all agree in majority rules. 
Can I tell you that when we thought of suing years ago for my daughter Kirsten's um, injury at birth, she was suffocated at birth at, with the, uh, it was medical malpractice and we agonized and we finally decided, well, let's, let's kind of move forward with this and see, see what's up. And we met with our lawyer and uh, we had a co- I think we had a couple meetings with him and we decided we, we couldn't go forward with it, but he, he explained this about experts. He said, well, the hospital, they're going to hire their expert. And we're going to hire our expert. And they're both going to say different things. And it depends on which expert is more convincing to the, to the judge and the jury. It de- Folks, you can have experts say opposite things. And sometimes the reason they're saying the opposite things of each other is very simply... Who's paying them more? This is why when we look to our intellectuals and we look to our scientists, one of the first questions we should ask is, are they believers in God and Jesus? Because if you do not believe in Christ, your spirit is dead. Your spirit is dead. And so when they draw conclusions on data, they draw them without the benefit of a living spirit and a belief in a God creator. And in fact, they reject the idea of a creator God. And so they draw their conclusions with a bias that says there is no God. And so their conclusions support their delusions. You follow? Whereas if you have a scientist who is every bit equal, but he believes in God, he's every bit equal to the other scientists, same degree, same experience, same IQ, He will look at that data, but he comes at it with a belief in a creator God. He will read the data set truthfully as it reveals God. Just look at DNA. And then you see the intelligent design of all of the world, of the universe, the miracle of life on the earth and the degree to which the earth rotates. Folks, it's insanely miraculous, but it was an accident. I have an Apple Watch right here. You know, this Apple Watch didn't just suddenly appear on my nightstand one day. The molecules that make up the watch and all the little parts and the circuit boards, they didn't assemble themselves. And when you look at the Apple Watch and you go online and you get a schematic for the Apple Watch, you find out that, wow, that schematic is pretty complicated, isn't it? That's fairly complex. That's amazing. I wonder who designed it. Because if there's a design, there must be a designer. So it is with the earth and all that's in it and the universe. But we have these seemingly intellectual people rejecting the idea of God. We must be careful that if someone comes to us speaking from authority that we don't just take what they're saying as truth. And if it's contrary to the words in this book, do not fall for their lies. Now they may be fully convinced that what they are saying is true, but it doesn't matter how convinced they are. The goal of the devil is to use them to overthrow your faith. Trust in the Word of God and the Word of God alone. 
1 Timothy 6.20 says, Avoid profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Avoid it. We have this tendency we want to engage, we want to argue, we want to fight. And Paul's telling Timothy, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. So, moving on, false brothers and sisters. Paul warned the church at Ephesus, as I mentioned a moment ago, that these false teachers would come up from among them. Don't believe everyone who says they're a Christian. Don't believe they are a Christian. Look at their lives. Look at their fruit. Look how they lead their homes, their families. Look how they submit to their husbands, to their parents. I tell young women, if you want to find a, a good young man, look how he treats other women. Look how he treats the women that are, that are over him in the Lord, over him in the home. Is he respectful? Does he provide? Does he protect? I tell you, man, you don't want to mess with Trish if Nate's around. He will protect his mama. And he should. Amen? Anyways, moving on. We, uh, oh Lord. <laughs> I'm going to go a little bit quick here. Learn to discern cultural morality. Cultural morality. You see, the culture now, especially now, is adopting this idea that it normalizes what is immoral. What God has said is right and wrong, the culture says you're a bigot. Majority rules in the culture. This idea of democracy. America is the greatest democracy the world's ever seen. America is a republic. It's a republican democracy. It is a representative form of government because the majority does not always get it right. Oh, the electoral college. Listen, the further power is moved away from the people, the more power becomes corrupt. This is why our representatives and senators ought to be living here in the state of New Hampshire and they ought to have to face their voters. They ought to have to face their constituents. But anyways, I digress. Cultural morality. We've camped on this in the past, but it bears reiterating that this culture is devoid of the acknowledgement of their creator and they fail, to, they fail to recognize objective truth. They reject object, truth that can be seen and proven. They reject it and you're seeing it today with the gender confusion that has been perpetrated on our children and young adults. What does the Bible say? Framework, here we go. What does the Bible say about gender? In the beginning, God created male and female, created he them. Male and female. It is a binary. And I know what's happened now is the scientists, falsely so-called, have separated sex from gender. And they've decreed that gender is a social construction and that it doesn't matter if your sex is male, that if you feel a certain way, you can be that way and you can tell God there was an error made in your genetics. Folks, don't fall for the lies. Teach your children. Don't allow them to be bigoted and hateful. Remember what we taught a few weeks ago? Love, love, love. Speak the truth in. Love. 
We don't condemn for the world is condemned already. Christ didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. We shouldn't walk condemning those. We should walk with a message of hope and deliverance. Too many Christians, they take the truth, they sharpen it and hone it like a knife, and they stab it into the eyes of those who do not yet believe. Folks, point of this is to protect yourself and your family and your children. The culture fails to believe the structure of good and evil as it's laid out in the Word of God and has been for centuries in favor of how they feel. Have your feelings ever been wrong? If your feelings have been wrong, would you raise your hand? Hold it up there because I don't, I don't believe you. I'm just kidding. Feelings Wonderful gift from God. Terrible map. Terrible map. Your feelings will be going like this. Recalculate, recalculate, recalculate. It's just terrible. They keep leading you in the wrong directions if you're not careful. In fact, the Bible in Ecclesiastes warns us about following our heart. Every Disney movie that's ever been made, I'm exaggerating, but is, oh, follow your heart right off a cliff. What does your heart tell you? Well, sometimes my heart tells me to punch people. Anyone ever feel that way? Sometimes my heart tells me to strike that rock like Moses. But follow your heart? All of us would probably be in jail. Certainly wives would be in jail for beating their husbands to death. Who should we be aware of how we should listen? Insubordinate, idle talkers. They are rebellious. They are rejectors of authority, any kind of authority, especially biblical authority. And the Bible says in Jude 8, likewise, also these dreamers defile the, str- the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. I'm going to go into this in a little bit of detail later. But there's a movement among Christians so-called called deconstructionists. People deconstructing their faith. And it begins when people open the door to those who are rebellious and insubordinate concerning the faith. I've got to give them a chance to explain themselves. And the problem with this thing of deconstruction, one of the biggest problems with it, is they have completely abandoned the Word of God having any kind of truth or authority in their lives. And instead of the word of God, they accept their own ability to reason and they accept so-called experts and they reject the Holy Spirit. But they, they will cling to this absolute truth of their towering intellect. And I've talked to some of these deconstructionists And they all have towering intellect in their own minds. Smartest men in the room. Reject authority. Folks, be careful when you start opening your doors to these liars and these falsehoods and things. Remember what the enemy wants to do. He wants to overthrow your faith. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to ruin your faith and your family. 
That's the enemy, and this is what he wants to do. Hey, all Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources, and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing. Thank you.